What's up, guys? Welcome to the 100th episode of the Shark Pod. Thanks very much for all of the support that you've given us over the last couple of years. Tens of thousands of people have uh, downloaded this um, this podcast, and we're really grateful for every single download. Um, thanks for listening to me and Mark uh, talk to really interesting people and uh, and also just talk to each other a lot of the time as well. So thanks very much for listening. It's been a great journey so far. 100 episodes. We said, you know what, we said we'd do 52 and we've pushed it out to 100 and we're going to keep going. Um, so plenty to look forward to in the next year. Um, we're going to make the podcast bigger. We're going to do more uh, kind of follow along stuff. So we're going to do some crypto investing and um, stuff like that. So keep keep tuned for that or stay tuned rather. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. But on this episode, we talked to Niall O'Kelly, who is Mark Baker's business partner um, in Darwin Hawkins, the financial recruitment business that they have uh, had for the last three years. Really interesting conversation and gives a good background into what Mark does day to day and also how um, how the business has grown, where these guys see the business in the future. We dive into you know what motivates people, making sure that you're in the, the right job for you, and also the importance of business ethics as well. So without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to the guys. This is me, Mark, and Niall O'Kelly. Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Shark Pod. I'm here in Greystone Studios, aka my box room here in Greystones. Uh, Mark Baker's out there in Glenageary. How's it going, Mark Baker? Very good. Very good. A little bit of the sniffles, but uh, don't tell anyone. Could be the Omicron. Could be just a, a common cold. Who knows? Uh, but if you don't want to get in the system, it's probably best to keep it to yourself. That's terrible public <laughs> advice. Uh, welcome to the 100th episode of the Shark Pod. Me and Mark uh, started this a couple of years ago, and we thought we'd do 52. We've uh, we've blown that out of the water, Mark, um, and we've had a, a hell of a hell of a time along the way, which has been great. Um, so we've got our guest, your business partner, Niall Kelly, online. How's it going, Niall? Good afternoon, gents. How are we? I'm delighted. I was saying to Mark like when I saw your email address, it's uh, you know No Kelly. I was like. That should be your nickname, like I think No Kelly, I like it. Yeah. Well, you don't want to get into nicknames with me. I've got a few of them. Um, honestly, like I'm not like half my friends don't even know my real name is Niall. So look, okay. I'll, I'll leave it with that. Leave it at that. <laughs> okay. So Niall, you're very welcome to the the Sharkbot here. So why don't you give us a little introduction to yourself and how you know Mark? I guess that'd be because a lot of people listen to this um, know Mark very well, obviously because he's been on. Uh, Oh, a hundred of these. Um, but ha- what's the kind of relationship there? Uh, how would you describe yourself to someone that you just met? Um, how, how, how would I describe the relationship with business partners? Um, I, it all, well, we met, I think, 2015, maybe? Yeah. 15, yeah. Um, so I'll give you a bit of background on myself pretty first to, to probably be easier that way. So similar background to Mark, chartered accountant, um, Trained at PwC and finished in 2009 when, let's just say it wasn't a good time to be looking for a job in the finance world. Um, I was very happy to take a bit of time off. I finished up in PwC in April and didn't work again until January. I looked at doing various different things. I looked at opening a McDonald's franchise between Stenorgan and Ross Lair, which uh, naively I think cost about 5 million to do. So uh, 
the bank wasn't going to give me that when they didn't have any, literally didn't have a, have a, a pot to pee in, should I say. Um, I looked at privatization of speed cameras. I looked at, and then I realized that I just need to go back and get a job. Like, let's call the spade a spade here. So I got a job back doing financial reporting in uh, a US multinational, which within about the first two hours of the first day, I was like, this is a huge mistake. So I stuck it out for what would have been five weeks. And I ended up moving then to a, I had two offers on the table, three offers on the table. So I had an offer to go to Google and an offer to go to someone who actually was one of your previous guests as his financial controller. Um, and I won't tell you who that is just in case you probably know who it is himself. But, um, and I, had an offer to go to the NAMA division of AIB at the time. So back in 2010, 11 time, it was the place to be. So took a role in the NAMA division of AIB, worked there for a year. And um, But back in 2009, when I finished the PwC, I had this, obviously, I've been looking into doing, opening a McDonald's franchise. I was obviously going to look at trying to do something different with my qualification. So I nearly got into recruitment in 2009 or 10. And my family talked me out of it. They said it was a bad idea. You worked very hard to become an accountant. Um, and I listened to them um, and I didn't go with my good instincts and I regretted it. So I did a year in AIB NAMA and then I moved into recruitment in 2011 with FK International and I hit the ground running and loved it. And then I met Mark as a very sad, despaired candidate in 2015 and just we get on very well and I, as uh, I've heard through various episodes of the podcast that he got kind of saw himself entrepreneurial and he put that to the test and then he came in and joined us in I think it was January Mark 2015 or 16 yeah so yeah I think it was yeah so it's been quite a I know it's, we're talking you know, six or seven years but pretty pretty um, quick turnaround uh, for you guys to get going and to get where you guys are right now with your business um, so now did you I didn't know this did you actually were you kind of recruiting uh mark is that how that you guys met or is it yeah no it was mark i think mark got recommended to me by one of his friends because uh, like my 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 recruitment style would be quite different to a lot of what was out there at the time it was very very honest very transparent zero uh bullcrap type attitude and it was more like I, I listened to what people wanted as opposed to telling them what I had and what they should do based on what I had on my books. And if I didn't have the right role for them, I'd just simply say, look, I don't have what you look for, but I, this company may have it. And it, it worked. So, yeah. Niall has an incredibly good talent for getting to the core of, of a person very, very quickly. Getting to the, he's an excellent judge of character, actually. He, he knows that he is like, that's not even me complimenting. He's an excellent judge of character, but also getting to the core of an issue. And some people can't handle that in fairness. Like if you tell someone like, like cut the bullshit, this is what, this is what you really want to do, or this is what you don't want to do, or this is who you are. They mightn't like that. Uh, but he, he called me out straight away. And like, basically I'm not a typical accountant. Like I came in looking for accountancy roles and I, I, I was taken aback by that. But then his honesty kind of makes you think then, you know, you have to be honest with yourself as well. Um, I don't, does that make sense now? It does. I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but <laughs> I'm going to take it as a compliment. <laughs> it's close to Christmas. We have to, have to take everything I can get these days. But uh, I think, uh, no, I think it, I think you're, you're right, Mark. I think, um, yeah, like I, 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 li I hear certain things when people talk or I can see something in their 
it being a, a description of a CV or, or how they, like, I was saying this to Mark the other day, like, when I used to see people walk in the car park of our office, I could tell you within seeing them if they were going to be good or not. And like nine times out of 10, I was right. Like, so sometimes I'd like to be, I would shoot to meet someone like, oh, lads, I've after double booking myself here. Can someone else step into this candidate? Because I knew it wasn't going to be the right type of person for me to chat to. And I was usually right. And what, what do you think? It, it almost got down to the sound of the crunch of the stones on the driveway. <laughs> You'd be like, nah. <laughs> just get, get up they're walking, on their, they're walking on their toes I can see them walking on their toes yeah. <laughs> what do you think it is about, about this it's like the, they're not sure about what they want to do with their career uh, or what, like what, what makes them someone that you'd like to, uh, to talk to as a candidate for any role would it, would it be like a confidence thing or what, what's the what do you look no for? not necessarily I think, I think it's, it's you know it's a sixth sense like you just get it you get a sense that someone's not happy in what they're working at by their body language. Like if you say to someone, okay, look, you, usually people come in when they're to be recruitment people, obviously back and we could do it in person. It's this defensiveness that goes up. People have this, this thing where they're usually scorned by a, a recruiter who's trying to get them into something they don't want to do. And my approach is always, look, this is my background. I've been in the same seat as you. I actually sat in that seat as a candidate and I didn't enjoy the experience I had with a lot of recruitment people I met back in, back in the day. And I said, I'm going to try and make this different for you. Here's my background. Instead of me telling what I have in my books, you tell me what you want to do. Like, I know you're unhappy in your job or you wouldn't be sitting here in front of me. So let's just get that off the table and let's try and focus on how we can get you into something you want to do. I think it's a great approach to have because, like you said, that sometimes people have... Uh, different um experiences with uh, recruiters and i've had uh, over the years like uh had a really great when i went to canada i had a really great uh, relationship with the recruiter that got my first job over there or one of my first jobs rather um it was a great experience all that good stuff and then i was saying to mark like there's i, I went to like i went to after having a conversation with a, a recruiter uh, in dublin i went to uh visit them and it was like I was brought. It was just the worst experience I think I've ever like professionally ever. Like it was like a, a grilling thing, um, and I was taken. I think I told Mark about this. I was taken like down into like a basement cell, like I was being questioned. And, that happened to me before as well. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, this is weird. Like, didn't you invite me to this? And like, you know. And I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying to convince this guy to put me forward for this role. I'm like, I don't really mind. And whatever like <laughs> yeah but it's, it's it, but like it, it's 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 funny because i think back when like the recruitment industry varies depending on how the economy is doing so in when the economy is doing well and there's lots of jobs recruitment is easy so recruitment people it, from my experience never changed their approach to when things were positive and they had loads of jobs and they could literally just send cd people into into, into jobs and they'd get jobs for people and it was simple like I, I got into recruitment in 2011 when it was very different. It was you had to fight for your jobs, and and people were were people probably were probably more open to dealing with recruitment people because they had jobs and they, they were, couldn't get jobs by themselves because LinkedIn was only in its infancy and it was all very different. But like the experience that you guys had is the same experience I would have had. Like I, I remember going into a room and being left sitting in the room for an hour, right? For sorry, not an hour, for about half an hour, and I walked out and I said like. Been in here for half an hour. It's like, what's going on? And they forgot about me. Like, I obviously am clearly a forgetful person, but like, 
I like that the experience that you guys had is the same. And like, in fairness to Marcus Kelly, who Mark and I would have worked for, he drilled that into us. Like, yeah, you have to treat people. And like, I've been brought up the exact same way. You treat people as how you want to be treated. And if you don't, you're kind of not going to get the positive outcome you want out of it. And that's like, you're meeting people in recruitment, obviously initially to get jobs, but they become clients. Yeah. So some of the best, some of the best, some of, our, some of our best clients now are people with I never, I actually never placed them, but I gave them advice. And the advice I gave them was obviously right. If they're else they're not, they wouldn't be dealing with me still. Yeah. That's a, it's an interesting thing as well, because me and Mark talked about this before when Mark started in the in the recruitment industry. He was saying that it, it the longer that you're in it, the more people that you know in different uh, places, whether you've placed them or like you said, like you've, you've come into contact with them. So you're kind of, you're, it really is a network uh, effect uh, in recruitment. So if people are getting into that and they don't have a net, if they're starting off straight away, it can be like, I'd imagine it'd be pretty tough to get going. Is that, is the first, is there a little bit of a, uh, a period there where you have to get through before you can really uh, start to enjoy yourself in the industry, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Like, but but I, I think it depends on who you're working with. Like if someone, if you're working with someone who has a network and, you can leverage that network like and, and mark would have leveraged my network back in the day and the, the, the guys who work for us now still leverage both our networks like it's times i'd be copied on a mail that i wouldn't I, i'd say to them just cc me they, they know my name I, i'd have either place them or place their friend and they'll know like, if you're bringing a cv to them it's obviously going to be worth their while to, to have a look at it and look i i think that's I suppose it's a very nice position to be in, but like I'm 10 years in it. And I think I look back in my 10 years in recruitment and I go, there's probably two placements that I probably shouldn't have let go through in 10 years to them. I'm not going to give their names, but I would have rang the client after it and I would have apologized. And I said, I think that's wrong. We shouldn't have let that happen. And I would have replaced the person for nothing and taken no commission out of it. And now I just don't do it. And I encourage the guys who work for us. If we get a good instinct, something's wrong. It's wrong. So cut it off. Get rid of it. Yeah, you have to you have to think long term in what we do, especially because we're all in finance. We're all most of us are qualified accountants. So it's it's not getting the short term wins because you know they'll come like, back to haunt you. Absolutely. Like but can you can you, there's not many people in the industry that Mark and I work in that are gonna say something say to someone after doing two or three rounds of interviews, you know what? I don't think you should hire that person. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like you're trying to, it's like a, you're trying to play games with their mind, but it's just like, look, I'm just getting a very bad feeling about this, that they're asking me questions about work, or work-life balance. And will I be getting promoted after a couple of months? Am I, incl- am I, am I due to be including the bonus? And they're, they're, they're starting to roll in November and the bonus is paid in January. You're just like, you'll pick up when you're in it for as long as I'm in the market and you'll pick up this sixth sense again of this isn't going to end well so it's not going to end well don't let it start and you may lose out on the placement fee but you'll earn respect and I, I was thinking about this recently actually and years ago it was during the pandemic or during, it's not the pandemic during the, the, the recession back in the, in the 2010-11 times so the guy I was at school and he was an electrician. He left school and became an electrician. And obviously, that that those industries were in were in dire straits back at the time. And he, I saw him in t- in town, and he was he was a clamper. 
right? And he, he was, I, I saw him bent, bent down on the street, putting the clamp on a car, and I went up and I gave him a mild kick in the leg, and I was like, and he jumped up and he was laughing, and I was like, he was like, look, oh, I've, I've, he had a young baby and he had to get back to work. And look, I had huge respect for him. And I was kind of joking. And I was like, how do you sleep at night? And he goes, with the light off. And I was like, and it's something I've never forgotten about because what he was obviously saying is he sleeps because he's a clear conscience. And that's something that if Mark and I were in a business where we were putting people into jobs and you're worried about them lasting and it's payback, um, commission that, that you've earned and the same with the guys you'd be worried about it all the time it's just not worth it so the other thing is clear minds full hearts can't lose you know what I mean you, just, you don't need that distraction from stuff and I think that's something that I try and focus on it's just having a clear mind and not letting stuff worry me okay I like that approach because in sales it is it, there's it's a tempting thing like I've, I've been in sales for a long time as well and like you know making sure like is this client gonna pay this bill do you think or you know if this uh is this gonna be uh you know you know like I, especially my uh role in canada we were doing uh, payment processing software and you know some of the guys that i was dealing with i mean they said that they were running yoga studios but it really was kind of uh you know they were selling drugs and stuff like that and i was getting those commissions and they were good but uh in the long term it was probably not a, a good thing to be uh doing this is all allegedly mark <laughs> <laughs> the, the key difference and the, and the fairly unique thing about what we do is that as you're doing the transactions of you know placing people in jobs you're actually constantly building an asset the asset being your network so the value is add 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 compounds all the time but in a sales many sales roles it is just sell get the money done on to the next one so that's what i love about what we do everything is compounds together and underpinning all that is our ethics that that we that we've already i think we have it naturally and that's probably why we actually got on quite well from the start but with darwin hawkins it's the first six months were tough but we we we, we stuck to the plan and we were still doing majority of the plan now that we we did before we even turned the light on nothing's changed mm. like that's the thing nothing our, our approach hasn't changed our approach at the, the first the first two months was wrong but we wrong in that we were looking to get too big too quickly and we were looking internationally instead of folks and as we've discussed about networks on our doorstep and other than that the, the way we run our business it hasn't changed and the two, of the two people that we discussed they weren't in Darwin Hawkins they were probably ten, five or six years ago they were a long time ago and I learned from it I was going through a bad time and I thought it might make it easier to, to get a place down the line get momentum but like it actually set me backwards. You know what I mean? It's it's interesting as well. Like so, when you go back to the the McDonald's phase, and when you were trying to figure out uh, maybe something else else to do, when your family was telling you not to go into recruitment, this is an interesting one for me because when I when you look at the recruitment industry objectively, like I work with a lot of um, like IT consulting companies um, that do very well, but the uh, it, it's a difficult. And every industry has its difficulties. Nothing's, you know, uh, plain sailing for everybody. But there is a lot of, uh, you know, project overruns and losing money on projects and stuff like that that they have to be really, really careful of. Uh, when I look at the recruitment business, I do see that it, there is a, the potential there is huge to do very well. 
So when when people are trying to talk you out of that, or uh, I don't know if Mark had any of that experience either, maybe with your peers or say kind of what's that, what's this going to go into recruitment thing? Like, is it because people don't understand that you can do as well or better than if you're an accountant, or do the people just don't understand the the economics behind it? Because it seems on paper it's you know it's a for me. Well, I'll I'll quickly answer and then let Niall answer. For me, it was just a bit of a pride thing. I, I, Nobody actually told me not to not to do anything really, but it was a little bit of looking down your nose. You're a big four trained accountant. You put all that hard work, all the academics. That's worth more than than almost doing what, something different that you want to do. It, and I got over that fairly quickly when because I had two young kids at the time, and I was like, well, which one's going to make me more money? Being an average accountant or being potentially quite good? With, and eventually, <laughs> I, I go on and build my own business through that because I was never going to be able to do it with accountancy. So, so for me, it was a bit of a pride thing because I had become the the chartered accountant. What did you What do you think now? Uh, yeah, like uh, I suppose it's like from from it was my my brother who's a chartered accountant was saying to me. My dad was in, was in the bank and worked in the bank for I think 30, 40 years, and then retired. Um, and set up his own business, and I'll get to that. Get to that in a minute. But like, I think it's um, people do turn their nose down. But like, I, I was rack, I was hemming and hawing. Should I say this line when I when I was? T- I knew this would come up at some point in this in this chat, and I got to say it, and it might come across as controversial, but I don't like the recruitment industry, but I like my job. Because I don't, we work differently. We don't work like the others in the industry. Not others, a lot of them in the industry that we work in. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but like, like the advice we give to the people we, when we hire them is, is do the opposite of every single experience you've had in the past with bad recruitment companies. Literally flip it on its head. If you're going to be brought to a dungeon, bring them out for coffee. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's and little things like that. And, and these, this this dungeon experience that I had uh, was not. A, Are you sure this is recruitment? Yeah. Not just a bad one. <laughs> it was it was kind of a personal place I went to, and you know I I paid them. I don't know, but uh, no, the it, this is a, a international recruiting, but this isn't a, a cowboy in, uh, thing. Do you know, it was like a, a proper. You, you would if you you know the brand if I if I mention it. Do you know, um, so that's it's an interesting interesting take that you're doing the the opposite of that, and it's working so well. Um, and with the, like what, once, once you guys get going, so you mentioned like for the first six months, like any business, I guess we're getting your, you're kind of getting the momentum going. Um, one thing started to take off a little bit. Was there, did you guys feel a lot better or were you, you worried? We don't want to go back to where we were at the, two months in, or is that, did that ever go away? Are you guys a little bit more calm now? Cause how long have you been in? It's almost three years. Just three, just three years just now, years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I think it, it, I think the two of us are quite similar that we, we like, I think the, the first six months were tough and we, I think we learned more in those six months that I think if, if things had gone off like a, like a bat out of hell at the start, I think we wouldn't have learned as much as we, we did. And I, I don't think we would have been in the same position to be able to handle what happened 18 months later when, when the pandemic hit. Do you know what I mean? So like to say, were we worried about going back to it? Like, we did go back to it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's, 
there's no like so like I always like I always think about this and like I remember in for the first six months and we to we started coming out of it like it was like these things can't get much worse than they were. They did. And like we ended up having to have very serious conversations and conversations with people that we had just hired and like I suppose that we had to let go. And like like we, we hired someone out of the aircraft leasing industry and they started on a Monday and Leo Bracco put us into lockdown on the Friday. So they'd literally been in the office with us for four days. And we had to go home. I sent Mark was away on stag um, at the time. Um, and I took, took, I was like, I was getting this just sense of unease in the office. I was like, right guys, pack up your stuff and let's go home. So we, we had to have a conversation with someone we just hired who left a very big job. And, but like, because we hired an accountant, she knew, she knew the conversation was coming. And like, it, it didn't make it any easier. Like, like, I'll never forget, it was a Thursday night that we had the conversation. I was sitting downstairs in my house at four or five o'clock in the morning, like thinking, what else can we do to, 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 to change this? But there was nothing. Like, the lights were turned off. Like, we had rows, we had stuff, it was, I think it was like the 22nd of March or something like that. And like, we had, we had stuff in April, May, and June that I got a phone call that, or that thir- one Thursdays maybe, it's like, oh, that stuff that's ha- that those people are due to start, that's gone. They're not happening. So literally, income we had pinned in for certain months to keep the lights on, essentially, gone. So, like, it didn't get, like, obviously it was bad, but, like, you just have to take take it as, you, as it comes. And I think you learn, I think as a line, Mark would have brought into the business as a starter, you, you win or you learn. I, I, I I think it was Conor McGregor said, and I, I even bringing his name up, I think it's, it's funny, but I think that line, I think it's something that sticks in my head that while we, while we are on an upward trajectory now, Mark and I are, are not in any way thinking we've cracked this because we haven't. Like, you're only as good as your last month or month or two months or three months, whatever it is. And like, I think we've, Mark and I know the bigger picture that's involved in, in our business and we're only as good as the people we have around us. And that's, that's the next challenge is to, is to, instead of a lot of companies will go and try and hire five or six or seven people, we are going to try and do that, but we're going to try and keep the people we have working for us now extremely happy that they're involved in it and they're involved in the growth and the journey that's there. And like, we're very lucky with the staff we have. And I think we learned that through the, through the, the pandemic market. I think the two, the two guys we had that Angus and Ronan, like absolute heroes. They they literally we we had to put them down to two and a half days a week. And instead of getting getting rid of one of them, we we kept two of them and put them on half time. And they could take the they put the pandemic payments for a period of time and stuff like that. Like like it was it was a very nervy nervy time. But like the two guys were gonna they, if you'd have sent them a text message, they'd have rang you in within fifteen seconds of a text message. They'd have been all over it, and they looked after it and. We had to cut back on commission payments, but whatever, five or six months later, we paid everything that was out to the back. Nice. Every single penny. And Mark and I didn't take anything, but we paid them because that was that was that was the decision we made. You know what I mean? That not trying to come across like a hero here. Like obviously there was signing off on the payments was like yeah. wouldn't mind a bit of that <laughs> make Christmas a bit easier <laughs> this year. Um, look, uh, look, I think we 
Yeah, I think I think the yeah. lads know we're real and honest. I think that's something that we're not going to change. You know, I think it's yeah. Fun. Nobody nobody joins the business without being approved by everybody in the business that's currently in the business. You know what I mean? And I think we we should definitely keep that. I think there's to go back to the kind of survival thing, the first six months survival. That is how how it is, and we probably thought we would have been in that mode just for three months, and then it'd be gone. But just we just got unlucky with a few little things, but then it kicked off and it was fine. But then the recession, or not the recession, the, the pandemic happened. And I think people we were talking to, you know, our investors and stuff, they'd be like, you know, this is going to be tough. And this, you know, are you, are, you, are you ready for this? And giving us, and I was like, I've never been out of survival mode. You don't want to live in survival mode all your life. That's, yeah. that's unhealthy. But I felt like this, you know, I've done this before. We've done this before. We're ready for it. I did genuinely felt we were more ready than most people. Absolutely, but I, I think as well, Mark. Like I think we go up with board meetings every month, and like our investors, like that's well done. And Mark and I are like, okay, Grant, yeah, we've got stuff to get on to. Show me it's like we, we haven't. Like obviously, we enjoy our success, the success we're having at times, but like it's we're not where we want to be yet. And I think it's it's if you if you sit back and you, I've seen it with recruitment companies that they, what is what's the line? It's easier to to get it's easier to get to the top than stay at the top. Like we're nowhere near the top. But I think we're making inroads. Mm. And I think that I think when we get to the top, that's when we'll actually have to work even harder because we're being chased in. People people are copying what we're doing now. Like Mark and I can see it. Like our our imagery we're using, our colours of our logos and stuff like that have been, have been and look coincidentally or not, I it is what it is. But like it was an invitation is to is to it's the cheapest form of flattery or the biggest form of flattery but like look we know we're doing something right but like we're not going to sit here and start popping champagne, champagne, champagne because we're three years in and I think we've we've have we had the, the perfect year yet no but that's the aim is to try and strive for that like we we do budgets every year like everyone and then Mark and I do our own budget we give our we give our investors a budget and then Mark and I set our own budget and that's that's kind of the stretch goal, or what you guys think is possible. And kind of, yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. And and the investors know we do because we told them about it. Like, like if if we weren't achieving what hitting hitting our targets, we wouldn't be sitting here. We'd probably be working. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's lunchtime now, and we're here. We are doing a podcast. But look, it is what it is. It's Christmas. Yeah, and the back to the the pandemic thing when that when that all kicked off. Uh, like if, especially people that had kind of responsibilities like you guys to uh, for employees and stuff that's that's kind of a ways a lot heavier than well i suppose everyone has their their own experience um like when leo Radker shut down the country that was the day my wife told me that we were having our first child so a lot was going on that day there was a lot and i was like okay what happens and i was like okay so that monday then i i called them all my partners all over europe and i said okay you know how's this going to affect you guys like uh my spanish partners were just like saying we nothing's gonna happen for three months here and i'm like oh, okay uh then calling another my guy in uh in russia and he's like yeah same here i'm like okay what about the uk you know it was like it was, i had like a, a list on the wall and i was just taking it off and i was like okay so we might have to start from scratch here but the but at least i had a salary you know um i had the commission and stuff like that but uh when you guys are are the ones making the decisions it must have been a, an interesting time but like i think it probably made you guys better business owners and kind of more battle hardened mark what do you think yeah I th- if you think about s- some of the guests that we've ha- had on in the past the most popular ones they're the ones who have gone through tough times with with their businesses um 
not the ones that just well very rarely you can just have plain sailing but uh if anything it's <laughs> there's actually something to think about mark i don't know if we've ever spoke to so now we've spoke to there's 100 episodes so we probably spoke to about 50 business owners would you say mark about half yeah and probably At 48 of them had some sort of complete bust and uh yeah. had to come back yeah. like it's a very uh a very rare thing that and it, the other two are just people that have only started a couple of years ago so maybe that's the the difference there but i think that does kind of have a uh uh you know it, it, it makes the, the story interesting for sure but i know it's difficult to when you're experiencing that uh that difficult to go yeah there's going to be a great chapter in the book let's uh you know push on from mm. here um, i think well what what's good thing about what we do is that we actually genuinely enjoy it like we enjoy what we we do we're good at what we do there's not it's obviously it's a it's a slog at times but i think we found our lane and that is so important to find your lane because when you're in the lane the wrong lane like i as an accountant i was in the wrong lane like i could do it but i just wasn't passionate about it it's just not a nice thing and i'm sure niall would agree with that you know when you are in the wrong lane it's it's chalk and cheese the difference between when you find something that suits you and yeah, like like i going back to the accountancy world like I was miserable. Like I genuinely was. Like I'm, I'm miserable now. But still, Mark will tell you. But like I was less, I'm less miserable now than what I was. But like, no, I'm joking, obviously. But like, I, I would have not enjoyed my time at all. And like, it starts to when you're working in, in somewhere and you're working with people that are all highly intelligent people, and you, you start to doubt yourself. And it takes it does chip away at you. And I think like the amount of people that we, that we see that it's have gone through the same journeys, like they're amazing training grounds. And I would like, I encourage pretty much anyone who I know to do it. Really? Even though it was something that made you... Oh, absolutely. Okay. But, like you, you, you learn so much. You learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about business. You learn so much about like networking about the, like you meet so many people that are like so intelligent, like these people that I, I'm friends with that are highly so successful in different businesses and different areas. And you learn from them and, and you surround yourself with people that are bigger, faster, stronger, and more intelligent than you, you get better. But like for me, I went, I went backwards. I went, I, I would have lost a lot of confidence. I would have, um, I would have struggled to, to do things like, like this, like 10 years ago, like I'd, I'd have just walked away from this. There's no way of what I've done. But like, you have to go backwards sometimes to go forwards. I think the, the journey that I went on in, in PwC and after that, like oh, some of my best friends are from PwC and I, I trust them implicitly. And I just spoken to one or two of them about the business that Mark and I were doing before it came out into the, into the, into the public domain that we were, we were looking to leave. And like, I spoke to one before we left FK, like very confidentially to see if he thought it was a good idea. And he was like, I can't believe it's taken me this long to do this. So that then gives you the confidence again. And like, like, look, it's, a, it's an amazing training ground. And like, we see it now. I think, I think it's been impacted by the, the pandemic. I think people not getting the final training in their last two years of their, of their training contracts in person, I, I think it's, it has slightly impacted the, the, the quality. Maybe so I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not sure if I should say that or not, but I think I can see it, and, and I think clients are, are starting to see it. And um, it's a, a it's a big problem, I think, as well with the like that. So I work for HubSpot, but I speak to a lot of the people in 
in tech in Dublin and the people who started during the pandemic that didn't get the chance to uh, to work with people uh, kind of side by side their ramping period is way longer than it used to be like that's kind of a, an industry problem so it's kind of like it's great everyone working from home you know in theory but there's a lot of stuff that they're missing out on that you can't 100% you know, you know watching like, a video uh, tutorial isn't going <laughs> to you know i i like i think in in that period of time you learn how to manage teams and project manage and you learn that you're on site on a client site dealing with a, a person who you're basically like investigating them and their morals and everything in terms of what, how their business is run. You're managing a client, you're managing their business, the, the internal stakeholders in, the, in your training firm. You're man, managing the team that works for you. It's a tough time. Like you're, I, I was doing 70, 80 hours a week as whatever, 23, 24, when most of my friends were out licking lemons on a Thursday, Friday night. I was like, I did lick lemons on Thursday, Friday nights, but like, I couldn't do as much as others, but like that's the that's the training you go through, and it probably fast tracked my decision to get out of it because I did some did it, and if you're unhappy in something, definitely like staying in something you're unhappy in. I think a lot of people fall into that trap. It's well, did, did you have any any mentors around that time, even from? Or even a guidance counselor in school, even to go back that far. Yeah, do you know what? I, I heard I I listened to a few of your pods trying to get ready for this because I was I was afraid you guys would throw a spanner at me and, and catch me out, and I don't like being caught out of Mark Teddy. <laughs> and guidance counselors, my God, like no, is the honest answer. Did I have mentors? I I probably would have had people to, that I look up to, like my brother is 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 two is crazy. He's two or three years. He's three years older than me. Um, it could be two years actually. Anyway. <laughs> well, he did. He gone through the same. Yeah, this is terrible. Same path. And like then I look at something like my dad. My dad would have gone through the, the bank. And at the time, I was in BBC. And then he, when he retired, he retired from the bank. He, I was in FK at the time. And instead of just retiring, he would often set up his own business. And I was like, my God, at 57 years of age, like he didn't necessarily need to, but he wanted to. And he's like, you meet him now and he's full of beans and he loves what he does. And that gave me the motivation to go out and set up my own business, to, to, to see the freedom within reason that he has. Like we don't have the same freedom as him now, don't get me wrong. But like he, like, I think it, my parents would have ingrained that. My mum and my dad would have ingrained that work ethic into myself, my brother, and like it's it's about following, like following what you're good at and trying to identify the, the thing. The thing that guidance counselors in school, like I was told to do to maths and physics and stuff, and like I looked at this guidance counselor and I was like, you don't have a absolute clue what you're talking about. You were telling me I was in a, in a private school, was a terminal college, and I ended up having to repeat my even sir because I filled out my CAO form by and like you look at it that's and like that, that that that's not the guidance counselor's fault. That's I'm not gonna I'm i blame my, my brother and my dad on that one. I mean, like, yeah, like, don't get me started on that, you'll have me in tears here. Um, but I think the guidance counselors, no, I think they don't have a clue. And and I like it, it, the same thing now, you you there's career coaches that I think are exploiting people and taking advantage of other like the guidance counselors, I think they try and follow 
these tests you do in school, like I think spatial reasoning and all, like I think my spatial reasoning, I, I think if you look at the results, people are surprised I wasn't walking the tables all, all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't good at it, but I was good at other areas. Like trying to encourage me to go on the route of maths when, as you've seen from the last whatever, 57 or 40 minutes, I like to talk. So why not put me in a job where I can talk? Yeah, that's you know I mean? it's 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 so funny. They try to they do those uh tests or that's they're called that's tests. I'll yeah. never I'll never forget them. It's I thought they were a joke. Like generally something like like there with a pencil and you, you fit it like it, put the thing into the line, like and they fed it into a computer, like I'm sure they're gone now, but like it's it's it, but I think even now they they do stuff stuff like that. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but they do try to try to figure out what you'd be good at given how you answer questions and i was just i was reading a book about napoleon there i was talking to mark about and uh he wrote thir- said they have thirty three thousand of his letters that he wrote over the years what? and uh every single line has a misspelled word basically it's almost an, uh, you can't read it like and then but if you <laughs> if you were, if you were to take that aptitude test and be like well this guy's not going to be great at you know leadership or you know vision you know or what? you know but like I think, sorry to interrupt you. Like if you look at it, like you're looking at filling out your 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 CAO form or whatever it is to go into college at 18. Like if you go into medicine at 18, like you're you're in it till you're 25 or 26, and you have to keep going. But like if you don't, if you if that's all based on, a, on an exam that you did when you're 16, like at 16, I was I don't know what I was doing, like. I don't know if it's, if it's just guys and whatever. I think that it's that you, at that age, your, your hormones or whatever, you're too busy chasing whatever whatever else that's going around the place. But like, I, I just think that, I don't know, like I, the, the education system, I think is, it, look, I'm not going to get into that. But like, I, I think the advice you get from people and I learned an awful lot from probably doing things I didn't enjoy. Like I would have worked for summers in the building sites, my uncles and sure they would have given me the worst jobs possible because like my parents would have maybe asked them to make sure you work the absolute you know whatever like like i remember getting picked up like i have to be at my uncle's house for seven o'clock in the morning he didn't leave his house at half seven so why was i up there at seven o'clock this was all like now i look back at it and i'm grateful for it but like they're they're, like i look back and they're they were they were the first business owners and the first like in my family, and I look at them now, and they probably don't think I look up, look up to them. Of course I do. Like I look at them now, and I kind of go, subconsciously, so they did set a path for for me, and my dad obviously did doing it late in his career, moving into it, and like, I, I look, I, I I'm very fortunate to have that that a very good family around me, and I've learned a lot from from things, but I think you're never going to be like no one gets it right i think you have to be put into some very different difficult and challenging environments and difficult and challenging jobs and that's how you get out of it like you learn like i suppose it's learned by ruling stuff out you don't like it, if that's if unless like i wish i knew what i wanted to do but i didn't it's it's a you know I mean? something that just crossed my mind your chatting there is like with the with the, the schools and stuff like that you guys would have a, a a really good understanding of what what the kind of uh the benefits or what the uh what the packages that are what, what the market is for like salary and all that type of stuff across the whole kind of finance uh thing and i think when you're 
uh, when you're in secondary school and you're making those decisions and say you are really you're very bright and you know you're able to get into medicine and people say you should do that if there's somebody there who's like in their 30s or 40s who can say well i know people who are making doctor's wages you don't have to go to uh college for eight years i had a friend who's a doctor and um you know he's worked like he's basically spent his whole 20s you know in the hospital and doing great work as well like it's, it's a very important job there's, he gets a lot of satisfaction there too um but like when you get to 30 and stuff and 35 and there's people that are doing kind of enterprise sales and they're making crazy good money you know and he's like well they didn't go to fucking all this thing that i know but like but i i think that like the healthcare workers doctors nurses they're so underpaid and they're so underappreciated like i think maybe after this the when we get hopefully get out of this pandemic at some point the coronavirus thing like it's they're so underappreciated like i i've been fortunate enough to have a daughter in the last kind of seven or eight months and would I encourage her to get down those lines? I don't think I would, but like, I'm, would I discourage her? No, because as I just said in a few minutes ago, you kind of have to go down routes to follow your own path. But I, I think doctors and nurses, they have, you either have that in you or you don't. But this, I got a cousin who's a nurse and like, she's a brilliant nurse. I'm sure she, I know she is, because that's what she, she, she looked after one of my grandmother, my grandmother when she was, elderly and stuff like that but like you either have it you don't and I, I, I don't have it but like my my Orla my other half she's, she works as a dietitian and she has she has that and her sister is a doctor and they, you, can, you can tell I think you can tell personally I can tell when you meet someone if they work in healthcare because they have they kind of make you feel comfortable in some weird way but like do they get paid in, in the right money like they make the, the, the tech sales if they're sick they make them better yeah like the nurse. they don't get paid for it the nurse, like yeah. the nurses it's, the, it's, it's, that, that the nurses particularly like, particularly. I, I like they're absolute heroes like, yeah like my my son was sick when he was when he was born and uh he, you know he was in the children's hospital and the nurses are there they're all the time i don't know what type of hours they're working but they're there all night like cheerful in the middle of the night when alarms go off and all i can't like I, I was there because I, I was there because you know, I was with my son and I was still annoyed at all the alarms going off and everything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, and they're doing that for 20, 30 years. It's crazy. But if you... Like I, I had the same experience. We were, we were in Crumlin within 10 days and it, luckily it was just a precautionary thing. But it's one of, the, one of the hardest places I've ever been in, but also one of the special places I've ever been. And I think Mark does not have to work for Ronald McDonald and... I remember being out for a walk around Crumlin and you go around the back and you see it. Like it's, but to get by that, you go by, like not to get more of the mortuary, the yeah. church and stuff like that. And like, uh, look, oh yeah, I, I just think it's there. Anyway, well, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but like so, I just have. But that's a, voc- that's a vocation. That type of job exactly is a vocation. Right, yeah. and it's, You're right, it is. And I, and that's quite enviable. Like I do, I envy someone who actually knows what that, that's what they want to do. Um, so I, I think knowing what you want to do is, is very hard. And maybe that's why we do what we do now. Cause I do think it's so important to find out what, what suits you to make you happy. Cause people live, live miserable lives because they're in the wrong job. So maybe that is a big part of why we do what we do. We want to help people find the right job for them. And it doesn't mean they don't have to all be, leave finance and become recruiters, but you know, it could be a different role 
a slightly different role in finance, a slightly different company, a different environment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that can make a world of difference. That's eh? a huge impact but, on people's lives. You know, if you oh, huge. If, imagine if you're, uh, massive. you know, and then you, we're not you, saving you, people's lives right saving now. Saving people's you know. lives, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the closest you know thing I mean? to it's a time, doctor time <laughs> but there, no like there is there's, there's people who I meet on the street and like they're like you, you gave me advice 10 years ago and I'm now working in a job and like that sounds like a made up story it's not like there's people I do meet and, and I do walk away from them I go like I actually feel good about myself like when you're in it as long as Mark and I are in it the, the, the commission piece of it falls away like not that it falls away but like the satisfaction you get out of it is is getting someone the right person and getting someone the right job. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's so many variables there, but to cons- for Mark and I and for the guys who work for us to consistently get it right is very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like we're good, we're clearly doing something right, but we, we're clearly doing things wrong too. I think that's the challenge is to try and like I've Mark and I focus on very different things. Like I think Mark and I I would describe us as very very different. But we complement each other very, very well. Like we, I don't think we've ever had a falling out. Mark, in no, I, three years. I think like we, we are. Getting, we're different, but we're also very oh, similar. Massive. I think it comes down to the ethics thing, and we got to know each other properly before we went into business with each other. And but yeah, you're stronger at things that I'm weaker at, and, and vice versa. And we we this choose. Who do you reckon is the strongest? I don't know. I don't know. Well, the the one, the, one calf thing, raises you because we are calf raises. He's got big calves. Okay. Well, we can we can sort this out, guys. We can. I'll link Calf off. Lock, I've been in the lock and stone uh, so far. Uh, lock and stone uh, leisure center. We'll get that. We'll sort this out. Put it as a bonus <laughs> uh, bonus episode. But like, so I know we're coming on, up on time here, guys. I just thought this would be interesting to. Uh, kind of put this question to you guys to see if you're both on the same page 10 years from now at darwin hawkins um mark baker what do you think would you prefer to just have it behind you and you kind of sitting on the beach kind of with the proceeds or would you prefer to have a big uh like you know a, a big thriving business maybe international you know 10, 10 years from now what do you think that's that's a tough question that 10 year thing is is almost too far down the line for me i think okay. um i kind of think in more kind of five-year terms and i want darwin hawkins to be to to be the the best finance recruitment company maybe doing something else as well like i won't give away what other plans but i want this not necessarily to be the biggest but to be the best of what we do um so that doesn't really answer your question but uh i don't think i don't know i i don't know if i'll ever leave the industry um completely I do, I do again because of the rewards that you get. I mean, they're not comparable to to uh, you know uh, doctors and nurses, but there is a reward there that you probably wouldn't get slinging slinging tech. No offense, but um, I don't know. I don't know if that answers anything. No, he didn't answer the question. <laughs> I think Luke, you need to go. You need to go back on this. I always do this, but I can't answer something. I, I usually he pushes that to me. Like well, to answer your question, Luke, it's very hard to know like where we'll be in 10 years. I think, I think we'll still be working with each other. Like, I think we, we get on very well. Like we, like we joke about to finish each other's sentences and stuff like that, but like it's, we don't, but like it's, I think the guys who work for us can see that we're very different, but we complement each other very well. And I think, but I think when we set up the business, we were very clear that everything is 50, 50, no matter what happens, that 
there's no bigger stakeholder. There's no so like if Mark and I do make placements in our commission, we split it. So our, our like our paychecks are exactly the same. There's no there's no deviation because that you, you don't want to create animosity with this type of stuff. But so where will it be in ten years' time? Like impossible to tell you where we'll be in ten years' time. But I think striving to to as Mark said to have the best business we can and uh, I hope we have the same people working with us in 10 years time and I genuinely mean that like I I want to work with like I work I spend more time with my with the, with the people we work with than we do anyone else so like I don't work with people I don't like but I do like the people I, I work with so like we we, we want to get we as Martin the best and the biggest and the, the best and the biggest no like I want to be able to sleep with the lights off, as I mentioned earlier on, and know that we're not getting ahead of ourselves, not losing our moral compass, and not getting too big for our boots. And because that, that that happens in, in in any business, like people get successful in what they do, and, and we're not successful yet. Hopefully, we become that. But I'm not gonna like. I'll come back on in ten years' time, and I, I hope you'll see the same person. Probably, maybe get a few fillers here and there, and a bit of Botox. You'll have less hair. I'll have more hair. Yeah, that's the joke. Then I, then I know you guys are doing well. Uh, yeah, it's, all, it's all panned out. But he, but, but he's ahead of hair. That's when you know we've made it. Absolutely. So, and so you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back on for the thousandth episode of uh, of the Shark Pod and we'll see where we're at at that stage. But uh, Niall, it's been a delight to have a chat with you. I don't think we've ever had this type of conversation. We met a couple of times, but... Uh, it's yeah, no, we haven't, no. So we'll it's take... been, you know what, that's, I just want to say, as an honour to be the 100 guest and... Fair play to you. I think it's it's a it's a very good podcast. I think Mark and I have actually got some work, a lot of work out of it. So Mark, you should probably give Luke a kickback out of yeah. What's, what's this? I never, <laughs> I never got. I got to leave now on that. And then yeah. I'll deal with Mark in the aftermath. But no, yeah. that's fair play. I, think I really enjoyed it, and uh, uh, I've been joking Mark about coming on to coming on to the onto the pod and having a chat. But love to come on anytime you need me to come on. I'd love to come on. Really enjoyed it. That's great. Very and so. Mark Baker will be out there to, you know, discuss that and maybe wet my beak a little bit later on. But thanks very much, everybody, for coming along. And uh, thanks very much to all the listeners for our, our 100th episode. Uh, tens of thousands of you out there had, uh, had tuned in over the last couple of years to, talk, or to hear me and Mark talk shite or talk to really interesting people. They're, they're your two options. Um, so uh, you can dig into the back catalog as well. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. We'll be back. Thanks, guys. Bye.